Welcome to the We Hack Purple podcast, where each month we meet a new member of the information security industry and we get to learn all about their contributions. They teach us lessons, they share news with us, and a lot more. I'm your host, I'm Tanya Jenka, and my guest today is Sharif Mansour. And he's my friend, and he was on the OWASP board of directors, and I've known him through the OWASP community for quite some time, and so I was pretty excited when he said yes to being on the podcast. So Sharif, do you want to briefly introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. And thank you, Tanya, for the kind words. Hi, everyone. I'm Sharif Mansour. I've been um, a huge um, fan and obviously contributor to the OWASP Foundation for a while. So um, I've been on the board since 2017, uh, which incidentally, around the time my daughter was born, so the end of 2017, um, my last year was as the chair of the OWASP Foundation during that time. As well, um, I was um, lucky to be on the governing board on the Linux Foundation's um, OpenSSF. Um, so that's the Open Source Security Foundation. And um, on my day job, I'm the Director of Information Security First Line for Just Eat Takeaway. And um, yeah, more importantly, I'm a dad. I have a beautiful four-year-old daughter. I live in London with my wife and um, I'm originally from Egypt. Nice. So you said some magic words. We were talking a few weeks ago about the announcement from OpenSSF. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the Alpha Omega project? Sure. And I think it's good to start off talking about OpenSSF, what it is, how it came to being, and then what the Alpha and Omega project. So a while back, um, there was um, GitHub started this open source security coalition. So as you know, GitHub has a lot of um, security tooling and a community there. And what they wanted to do is to see if they can push the needle on open source security and tackle some of the larger problems. So they invited a bunch of people over and tried to tackle it. A bunch of companies were involved and uh, it had really an exciting energy. There was a couple of community members from the OWASP Foundation that was also interested about it. And I was one of them that was invited on um, from the community. And I decided to, as a board member, decided to represent the foundation there. Um, and then eventually, some of those companies that were supporting um, the Open Security Coalition were also supporting another coalition called JOSI. Um, with other members as well, like um, uh, Red Hat and IBM, uh, Microsoft, but Microsoft and GitHub were obviously one at the time. So they said, hey, we're all trying to tackle the same problem. Why don't we pool our resources and work together and work together in, uh, in one area? But at the time, you know, GitHub was just hosting uh, everyone. So it needed to be um, in sort of another organization or a neutral territory. So they looked at the uh, Linux Foundation. So the Linux Foundation then um, um, welcomed um, the group, including OWASP um, with open arms. Um, and uh, eventually um, they moved other projects within the Linux Foundation into OpenSSF, and that, that was happening also over time. So 
Um, to give you an example, um, the critical um, um, initiatives, sort of the critical projects uh, initiative, the ones that they did after um, Heartbleed to help with the security of a lot of open source projects that eventually sort of moved under the OpenSSF umbrella. During um, uh, the work with OpenSSF, um, there was a team that created SIGStore that also moved under OpenSSF. So uh, that group came together and basically what you have is a governing board which sort of deals with sort of the administration day-to-day, -day, but they also deal with approval of sort of the, the agenda the direction, the financing, and so on. But a lot of all the fun stuff happened in the TAC, which is the um, Technical uh, Advisory Council, of basically shaping the direction, the technical direction where things need to go. And then underneath that is a bunch of working groups. So there's a vulnerability management working group, there's a tooling, security tooling working group, there's um, uh, advisory and best practices, which obviously always, uh, always was heavily involved. Even the tooling obviously was that. We were heavily involved there, um, and that's how they work. Um, and the working groups, anyone can just sort of join in, um, and then they have membership to, to keep the fun. But long story short, um, as part of that, they started looking at how can we take on some of the biggest challenges um, with open source security? Because if you can imagine Google, Amazon, Facebook, and all of them, they built a lot of really interesting tools, but a lot of them based on open source projects. Yeah, so a lot of them needed a lot of caring and feeding, um, a lot of help and support. And so they've decided to build this project called Alpha and Omega. And um, the name as it ends, there are two parts of it. So Alpha looks at the most critical projects and uh, essentially, um, what they're going to do is reach out to the most critical projects. So you think like the libc or uh, critical parts of the Linux kernel and so forth. And in fact, the Linux kernel and other uh, important open source projects. And they say like, hey, you're really important. We're here to help. So they would basically build, uh, establish and build a relationship with the maintainers. They would ensure threat modeling exists, they provide additional security help or funding or anything they need. They validate um, some security activities. They also have like, um, they would contribute security fixes if need be. So like, hey, we can, here's a patch, here's a PR to, to fix this problem. And they would have a contact with that maintainer, these maintainers and uh, open SSF. So there's like, hey, I'm keeping an eye on you, like you're pretty critical. Um, so any help you need, let us know. And there's like that type of relationship with it. Um, but the other part is Omega. What about the other two, three million open source projects all over the world and so forth? And what can they do with it? So I think they've been settling on a couple of things. So they provide automated tooling to identify vulnerabilities in these projects. They would build some kind of portal or a system in order for people to uh, to have access to the, these vulnerabilities and so on, and a privacy and a process to privately and responsibly share these vulnerabilities to maintainers. 
So those are essentially the two projects that they're sort of going to be investing in, I think, to the tune to somewhere around $10 million. But I think um, I read somewhere in Google basically is going to throw, throw invest, let's say, uh, $100 million into various open source foundations, including OpenSSF, but I imagine especially OpenSSF. Um, That's uh, fantastic and, news. Yeah. This is great for everyone. Everyone wins, except for malicious actors, but we don't care about them. <laughs> but no, really. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. As usual with security, it's... Um, as long as we have each other, we'll never run out of problems kind of situation. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I was very honored to help and to, to have been part of this group and to see this um, project grow and to see the changes in OpenSSF over time. Um, they've gotten an executive director recently who was um, one of the founders of the Apache Foundation um, uh, if you look at the governing boards, there's like CTOs, the CTO of Azure is there. There's several either group CISOs or CTOs or VPs in like the largest tech companies in the world. So there's definitely a lot of weight behind it because I think they're using this as the vehicle to help address some of the issues that have come up from the executive orders and elsewhere. Uh, to address a lot of those um, security problems, or at least those large companies are. That's the direction we're going. Cool. This should help a lot of us going forward. So thank you for your work in that. But I also wanted to ask you about some other hard work that you did for another open source project known as OWASP. Can you tell us? So I want to ask you a thousand questions, but I said I would only keep you around 20 minutes, so this is hard. But what are you most proud of, of your four years serving on the board of directors for OWASP? I think there are different parts to, to this, but I think the thing I'm proudest of is leaving OWASP behind in a better state than when I, when I joined. Um, so just for a little bit of reference, when I first joined, I was in a situation where I was moving to from becoming just like a techie and a security engineer to a senior product manager. I had no idea what product management was, but I also wanted to understand from a career progression, what training could I do or should I do an MBA? And I found this thing called the Institute of Directors, and you can become a chartered company director and learn how to run a company. So I thought that was incredibly useful. To become a chartered company director, though, you need at least three years of experience being on a board of a company. At the time, I was NOAA's London chapter leader, and I thought, oh, wait, I can most likely run for the board, gain that experience, and also help the community in the process, and then eventually I might qualify to be a chartered company director. And so I did that, and then when I first came in, there wasn't that much uh, structure. Luckily, I learned a lot about corporate governance through the Institute of Directors, and that, and the thing I'm proudest of is putting better structure. We put in rubber rules of order for running the board. We had meetings, pre-board meetings, where one week ahead of time, we make sure all the motions are available and ready. 
the data is ready, that we're moving in the right direction. Um, we have also like a board group and the ways of working that if there is a problem, we can ping each other. If um, there's an emergency board issue that we need to do like an offline board vote, like an e-vote or so forth, then we can do that and making sure that the bylaws are rock solid and so on. So putting it in a better state is the thing I'm proudest of. But what I mean by that of the things that we actually managed to get done, for example, aside from just a better structure and a better system, which is very important is we hired Andrew Vanderstock as the executive director, mm -hmm. which is really brilliant. Andrew is also project leader for Laws Top 10 and ASVS. So OASP is in his heart and that was fantastic. And you can see the difference like night and day when he joined and like he just gets it, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that I had a hand in is basically providing um, benefits to the community and the members. So they get trainings and so on. And full disclosure, obviously, uh, Tanya, you also, uh, we have Purple provides um, uh, some benefits to the OWASP Foundation as well as other uh, companies as well from that matter. But as a result, we can see membership going really well um, and increasing really high. And we've been like the highest we've ever been. And I think we're getting to 6,000. So we're 5,000 plus right now. Um, but when we started, we was barely 3,000 people um, and members, wow. and it was dipping below 3,000 paid members, uh, I should just call them. And then corporate members was the same thing. We changed the number of corporate members, like the benefits and the tiers for corporate members. Mm -hmm. That also shot up like a rocket. And so the foundation was in a much better uh, financial state aside from also the committees so the projects and committees for me the projects I feel like like the heart and soul of the the foundation um, so there's a lot of work on the educational committee and um, there are companies that are actually funding and providing grants there are grants also for the core WAF security rule sets so now there's a massive support network around it and then my favorite project that mm -hmm. I contributed to and worked on. Um, and then no offense to Zap, and I absolutely love Zap, and I've contributed a bit to Zap and my team. But the thing I was really proud of is HD Moore tweeted about a recon tool out of nowhere that was written in Go, and it was a mess. And I reached out to Jeff Foley, and I said, oh, this is cool. I've been doing this type of stuff, and I've been putting features and he was just like a machine and started adding and adding and adding. Then I asked him, like, if you look at his old GitHub repo with the features, you can see my name in there saying, can you do this? Can you add? So a lot of like the Intel related stuff, um, the graph uh, capability with a mask, a lot of that came from our discussions and so on. And at some point he said, why don't you, I asked him, why don't you turn this into an OS project? Well, it's, it's not just web security stuff, but we do more than web security. And eventually that went all the way up to a flagship project. So that was seeing all those different bug bounty uh, hunters and people using a mask, seeing it put into Kali Linux by default and so on, was really satisfying to see. And I couldn't be prouder of Jeff and the community that he's built around it and uh, what has happened. So, yeah. 
The website also got redone during your four years, and that was a huge undertaking. Yes, that was a massive undertaking. I am so uh, happy. I used to tell people about OWASP, and then they would go to the website, and I'm like, I know 1994 called, and it wants our ugly wiki back. And now I tell people about the website, and I don't have to warn them it's going to be ugly because it's modern and nice, and it works. And it works, yes. I mean, there was a lot of really... Um, we had to work really well with the community, make sure that their concerns were addressed and... Um, uh, we, you know, we tried our best as well to make sure that 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 any like tangled problems are addressed, or we make a um, a clear decision on that. It wasn't perfect, but I'm very happy that we were able to move off the old site. It's there, by the way. It's still there. So if you go uh, wiki.oas.org, you can still see the old site in case that there are some old related artifacts or things that you still want to find. Oh, that's good to know. Not that I ever want to go back. The new website is beautiful. It looks great. And I know a lot of people worked very hard for a long time on that. So thank you, everyone. So Sharif, okay, I have one last question. So if you were going to try to invite our listeners to join the OWASP community or could you please invite them? Tell them why they want to join and what OWASP is going to be so awesome for. Well, uh, there's a lot of things that um, uh, you can join OWASP for. Um, but I'll just give you a few. So my view as like a, a young techie, but also uh, now as an old <laughs> uh, security uh, owl uh, in the industry. So the, the first one is, if you're starting out and wanting to make a difference, there's no better place like OWASP. First of all, it's ground up. It's not necessarily um, um, has any barriers for, for entry at all. So if you want to build a project, um, even if it's part of a university project that you build on top of or make a difference, um, that is there. If you want uh, to learn about software security, if you are a developer, for example, and you just want for $50, you get a whole bunch of security benefits and a whole bunch of security training for free um, above and beyond all the best practices and security to, um, uh, open source and available security training that we provide and materials that you will find everywhere. Um, there are also... Uh, organizations, React Purple and uh, elsewhere that also can provide those very and at a very affordable, but it also make, makes a difference for the community. Um, and then for me, as uh, director of InfoSec, it's a little bit of a difference. A different. So if you're um, much further in your security career, um, the next thing is, Security is not a solved problem at all, right? Uh, at all, right? And so there's so, and it could be so much better. So what my team is doing is we've been working with a bunch of uh, people in the industry. And basically our idea is buy versus partner. And what we mean by that is if there's a solution that we can look to a vendor to implement and so on, it's ubiquitous. Fantastic. We'll do it. If there's something that we actually need to build ourselves, 
um, then might as well collaborate on in neutral territory with other people. And an example of that is OWASP. So we'll say, hi, instead of us building a project ourselves, why don't we build it together? And then the, the entire community benefits uh, for, for that matter. So, um, but it also means that, again, if I, for example, if I was a principal or a senior engineer, for example, it doesn't mean that I built something in a company and then I leave and then I look back and go, well, it's a shame because I can't use what I've built before. It's it's there for uh, people to use as well. So that's the other um, uh, point that can be done. There's a couple of ideas also that we're uh, looking at um, that with other companies. That's really exciting as well. Can I add on to reasons why people should consider joining the OWASP community? Because I really love OWASP. We know this. Um, it is such a wonderful, friendly community. I met so many fantastic humans and humans that I want to spend time with outside of the meetups, humans that have gotten me jobs or I've gotten them jobs, humans where if I'm super stuck, I can call them and say, oh my gosh, so I'm doing this thing and I'm just, <laughs> I am up to here. Do you have any ideas on that? And lots of them will reach out to try to help you. There's also chapters all around the world. And I know right now we're not supposed to be close to other humans because of COVID, danger, danger. But lots of them are just, so So COVID sucks. However, because of COVID, lots of those meetups now are happening online, which means I can attend an OWASP London chapter meetup if I'm willing to you know, get up kind of early. Um, and I couldn't do that before, right? So I'm in Canada and I can attend things all around the world and they're recording them and saving them online so you can see them after if perhaps you happen to have been asleep. And then on top of that, there's all these amazing projects like you mentioned, Zap and Amass. There's also, there's Defect Dojo. There's like the cheat sheet projects. I love that one. I love OWASP DevSwap. So there's so many different amazing like projects, there's chapters, and then the foundation runs these big events. And yeah, they're a really great organization. And you don't necessarily need to pay because I know some of the people that listen to the We Hack Purple podcast are not from a country that's really rich. You don't necessarily have to pay. Like you don't need to pay to be a member. If you can, you should. It's like a donation to a very good cause, but you can just go to the meetups and meet people. You can watch the things online. You can do most of the things for free because they're a nonprofit. And the entire purpose of OWASP is to help everyone make a more secure internet. And anyway, I just think I've met a lot of wonderful people as part of OWASP who I really value and I recommend people try it. Uh, thank you, Tanya. And yeah, I can attest to that. Andrew, for example, ZD is a really consult. And yes, um, even, and you don't have to pay, but even with that, they were being very responsible for. So, for example, they looked at um, the GDP of a country. So, depending on the country, the rate also changes, both mm-hmm. if you're a corporate company and also. Uh, if you are a um, um, individual member, so there's discounts for students, but also depending on where uh, which country you're in, it's also much lower. Is that another thing that came into being thanks to you, Sharif? I know you were talking about it at the beginning before it happened. I remember. 
the store the sorry which oh uh, no like the changing making the prices change for membership based oh. on cost of living of the country because this was a thing that yeah. Sharif and I had brought up and he was very passionate about because he wanted people in every country to be able to be a part of OWASP if they want to but 50 American dollars in different countries has extremely different value yeah and it was one of these things where if I was starting out in Egypt 50 dollars is 10 times of that so uh, it's like somebody like my my at the time it was um like the dollar was more than five times the egyptian pound uh it's now way more than that but so and i was paid 800 egyptian pounds a month when i first started out so that was not an insignificant amount of money for me um, out of my monthly paycheck that oh, I was yeah. paying for. Uh, and by the way, the, at the time, they didn't have like monthly installments or monthly payments. It was like all or nothing. Um, and then they were even pushing their luck where here's the lifetime, here's two years, one go. And it was like, no, there's no way. So um I need to tell them, like, you know, that we have a lot of community all around the world and we need to account for them as members and we need to do the right thing. So that was definitely one of the things that we pushed. It was kind of there. I apologize to, to just ramble on, but it was also kind of there, but never really done. And and that was another thing with, with that is that there were a lot of ideas that never really were executed. As a as a board member, you really, in from my viewpoint, pushed things through so they actually got finished. And in a nonprofit, because I founded one, it is hard to get things all the way done, to get a project all the way completed, especially when lots of people have different volunteering things that they're doing here and there, full-time job, etc. And so pushing those beginnings of initiatives into a thing that actually happens like a policy or a change can sometimes be really big, especially with a community as huge as OWASP where many people have want to have their voices heard and you have to consider them and pay attention to so, so, so many people from so many different places in the world. It's a lot. Yeah, I definitely learned a lot and um, I was fortunate for the experience because Having gone through a lot of these uh, changes and uh, discussions, I also, um, uh, in my current role as well, uh, it served me quite well. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Sharif Mansour, for being on the We Hack Purple podcast. My pleasure. Thank you, Tanya. Awesome. Thank you so much to Neurolegion, our sponsor for the We Hack Purple podcast, which happens mm, usually every month. This week we had Sharif Mansour and we talked to him about the Open SSF. We talked to him about OWASP and about all the things he accomplished during his four years on the board. Thank you so much for listening in. This is Tanya Janka, your host, and I will see you next time. Bye.